to our Easter service, our Resurrection Sunday of the Lord's Day. And thank you so much for coming out and being a part of our church service. We pray that God will speak your heart in a special way. And hopefully you can hear us. If you can't, tune in Facebook Live and you can see it on your cell phone. And if you are viewing from the privacy of your home, thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of our worship and uh, celebration of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to have Pastor Tyler come and lead us to the Lord in prayer. And then we've got a few things planned. And we pray more importantly that God would do a great work in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. All right, let's pray. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, just thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for the nice weather, Lord. Thank you for keeping us safe and bringing us all out. We just pray that you bless the services. We pray that you'd speak to our hearts, Lord. We just thank you that you did arise, Lord, that third day, and we praise you for it. We just pray that, again, you'd bless the services. Please be with the preaching and the singing, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you know the song, we're going to be singing uh, He Lives. It's on page 140, and uh, we'll sing the first and the last. I serve a risen Savior. coming again. Marvelous message we bring, glorious carol we sing, wonderful word of the King, Jesus is coming again.
we'll, we'll keep singing. The piano's messed up. <laughs> coming again, coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, and maybe soon. Coming again, coming again. Oh, what a wonderful day it will be. Jesus is coming again. Standing before him at last. Trial and trouble all pass. Crowns at his feet we will cast. Jesus is coming again. Coming again. Coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon. Maybe evening and maybe soon. Coming again, coming again. Oh, what a wonderful day that will be. Jesus is coming again. Amen. At this time, Pastor Tyler is going to come and read some verses to us. All right. If you can hear me, please hark. Okay, turn, if, you're, if you've got your Bibles, go to John, go to John chapter 19, <laughs> John chapter 19 and verse 32, John 19, 32. It says here in John 19, 32, then came the soldiers and break the legs of the first and of the other which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bear record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true that ye might believe. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled, a bone of him shall not be broken. And again another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they pierced. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him leave. He came, therefore, and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about an hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus and wound it in linen clothes with spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein was never a man yet laid. There laid they Jesus, therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. Now this is kind of a weird passage to read, because we're not really talking about the resurrection here, but one thing I wanted to mention was this. When they took Jesus' body down from the cross, none of the disciples were there. None of the women were there. If it weren't for Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they would have took Jesus' body and they would have thrown it outside of the city with all the rest of the prisoners in their mass graves where they would burn them with ashes. And I just want to say this, you think of Jesus' body, you think of the two disciples who had faith. I was also thinking the other night about how all the disciples were scared, they were all defeated, they were all saddened, and they had no faith that the Lord had said that he would rise again. But there were some people that had faith. The Pharisees had faith. The Sadducees had faith. They had faith in the word that Jesus said that he would rise again. 
And I'm just convicted when I think sometimes that sometimes the enemy has more faith in the Word of God than we do. And so I just want to encourage you this morning to believe in God. The same God that rose again 2,000 years ago is alive and well today. And I just want to encourage you with that. So I'm going to turn the uh, back over to Pastor here. <laughs> All right, you know this song. Are you washed in the blood? We're going to sing the first and the last. Are you washed in the blood?
Okay. Amen. This is very unusual, and yet it's a lot of fun. Amen. Church in our cars. Wonderful, uh, wonderful blessing that we have. Amen. To serve the Lord in this way. And it's good to see all of you here this morning, and we definitely love you. We miss you. We're praying for our church and our church family and praying for our country, praying for everyone during this time that God will give us all wisdom and help us to have the boldness to stand and stay firm and strong to the Lord. And uh, thank you so much for coming out on this Easter Resurrection Sunday and serving the Lord in this way. He's still alive, and we thank God for uh, the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, and to be... Uh, buried with him in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. As he died, was buried, rose again, so shall we. And we thank the Lord for that truth. If you do have your Bible, we're going to turn to the gospel according to Matthew this morning. And I want to preach on the thought of lessons from the resurrection. Lessons from the resurrection. Matthew chapter 28. And we're going to read a good portion of the scriptures here. The entire chapter speaks about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all the power that was done on this wonderful day. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 1, And in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came, rolled back the stone from the door and set upon it. His countenance was lightning, like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, uh, the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. And there shall ye see him. And lo, I have told you, they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Our Father, we love you this morning. God, thank you for the word. Thank you for the truth of your book that you've given to us. And Lord, this hope that we have and the joy of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts. May we take in the engrafted Word of God, may we uh, allow it to change us and mold us and shape us. And Lord, as we think about the lessons that we can form and, and take hold of and implement in our life of the resurrection, we pray that you would do that very thing. Change us, Lord, create in us uh, the man, the woman that you want us to be. We love you and we praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. There are three individuals that I want you to notice in this passage, three different people that we're going to be talking about. And the first one are the women, the second one is the angel, and the third one is the Lord Jesus Christ. In all three categories, all three groups, there are lessons that we can learn from the women, lessons that we can learn from the angels, and lessons that we can learn from the Lord Jesus Christ. So the first one that I want to talk about are the women. And I want you to notice, number one, they came to look. They came to look. They had a desire to see Jesus, to be with Jesus. They wanted to be there at His tomb. And the Bible says in verse number one, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, underline this phrase, to see the sepulcher. 
I know he was dead in their mind. I know he was gone in their mind. I know that they were mourning in their hearts and weeping. But the reality is they came to see Jesus. This morning there's a lesson that can be said that we need to learn from these women. And that is to look to Jesus. To be with Jesus. To walk with Jesus. To long for Jesus. To keep our eyes on Christ. Especially in these fearful times. In these times of of sorrow and grief. To know that Jesus is there. And although there's lots of uh, worry and lots of fear and lots of concern. There's hope this morning. And His name is Jesus. The lesson is they came to look. The second lesson about these women is that they came to labor. They came to labor. If you will, take your Bible and look with me in Mark chapter 16. It's a a different account of the resurrection story. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 16, and down in verse number 1, When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Solomon had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint Him. That they might come... And anoint him. The first group of the women is that they wanted to see him. They wanted to look at him. They wanted to be with him. They wanted to just being in his, in, in his presence. Although he was dead, although he was in the ground, they had that desire to, to look to Jesus. But the second group is they had a desire to labor. And it was to labor for his physical body, to anoint his body, to take the time and, and, and as the Bible says, they had bought sweet spices. They took their money, their possessions, and they directed it towards the Lord Jesus Christ. This morning I ask you the question uh, in life, what are you doing for the Lord? What are you giving for the Lord? Where's your heart at for the Lord? And they wanted to labor for the Lord Jesus Christ. The third lesson that we find from these women is that they came to linger. If you will, look with me at John chapter 20. John chapter 20. In other words, they weren't watching their clock. They weren't thinking about other things. They had their mind on the Lord. They wanted to stay with Christ. And the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 11, it says, But Mary stood out at the sepulcher weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. You see two angels in white sitting, the one on the at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain, keyword had. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be a gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou had borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. And Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. You know, isn't it wonderful to linger with Christ? 
She wasn't ready to leave. She wanted to hear what he had to say. She was concerned about the Lord. She wanted to take in all the conversation and the communication, all the thoughts that Christ was was trying to convey to her and she was listening and she was listening very intensely and, and there was a desire in her heart to know what Christ had for her life. And there's these three lessons that we find with the women at the resurrection service. They came to look, to see Jesus, to be with Jesus, to, 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 to no doubt be there in that place where His dead body lay. And this morning I ask you, are you looking? Are you looking for Jesus? Number two, they came to labor, to anoint His body, to do something physically for the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you have that desire to serve Him? But then third of all, they wanted to stay. They wanted to have that conversation. They didn't want it to go quickly, passing by and, and here one minute and gone the next and hurry up and let's go and let's get done with this and let's get this over with. But no, they wanted to linger with the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, if you look with me in Mark chapter 16, and this is a key, a key passage to really talk about the power of God. Bible says in Mark chapter 16 and verse number 9, Now when Jesus was risen early the first day of the week, He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom He had cast seven devils. Let me just stop and talk to you on a practical note. What has the Lord done in your life? Cast seven devils out of this precious lady's body and her life. That's the power of Christ. No wonder she wanted to stay with Him. No wonder she wanted to serve Him. No wonder she wanted to keep her eyes on Christ and love the Savior and the God who died for her sins and was buried for her sins. And on the third day, even if she didn't know it, the power of God would be seen through the resurrection. And then she would come to that truth. Praise the Lord. And I, and I say to you that we've got so much to live for. We've got so much to do for the cause of Christ. Why? Because He's done so much in our lives. Isn't it a wonderful thing to be a Christian this morning? To live in hope, to know that Jesus lives, to know that we're not dead men walking uh, uh, aimlessly around, worried about the economy and, and our stocks and our bonds and trusting this or that. But we've got hope in the resurrection because Jesus, He arose from the grave. And praise the Lord for that truth. These lessons from the women. The second group, lessons from the angel. Lessons from the angel. If you look with me back in our text, Matthew chapter 28, the Bible says in verse 2, And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. The first lesson that I want you to notice about the angels, or excuse me, about the angel, is that the angel removed physical obstacles out of the way. Now, how is this practical in our life? Because there's so many material, physical obstacles that need to be removed in our lives so we can get closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. It may be a stone. It may be something tangible and heavy and hard. It may be a car that has more of your attention than the Lord or, or a job that has more attention than the Lord. It may be a house that has more concern in your life than the Lord. And the beauty about the angel is that there's the power of God to be able to remove such a large obstacle. Even in that day, 
And most definitely in this day, God can remove that obstacle if you'll allow Him. Let nothing between my, my, my heart and my Savior. Amen? Keep the way clear. Let nothing between. Allow the Lord to have, number one, first place and priority in your life. And that's why you're here this morning. And when a lot of people are concerned, you've come to worship the Lord in this format, in this way, and you love the Lord and, and, and praise the Lord for it. And yet even the greatest of Christians, sometimes we, we have this trouble in our life and this concern in our life and this issue in our life that maybe no one else knows about it except for you and the Lord. But there's something that's stopping you from getting closer to Christ. Don't let the stone keep you from touching the Lord. Roll the stone back in your life. There's the obstacle, and yet you need to remove it. That's the physical obstacle. Look with me in Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. The Bible says in verse number 2, And very early in the morning, in the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun, and they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? Well, don't worry about it. It's Jesus that has the power to roll the stone away. It's Jesus. You say, Pastor, the stone is big. I can't do this. I can't do this by myself. I can't even do it with a friend or someone that really loves me. I, I don't have the power to roll this stone back. It's, it's something that's keeping me from getting closer to the Lord. Well, take that thing to Christ. Let Christ give you the power. Let Christ roll the stone away. The second lesson that we find about the angel is that there, he removed a, a personal obstacle. He removed, number one, the physical obstacle, but number two, he removes the personal obstacle. Look with me back in Matthew chapter 28. Excuse me, go to Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, and we'll look in verse 62. The Bible says, now the next day, the that followed the day of the, of the preparation of the chief priests and Pharisees, they came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that, that that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure unto the third day. Lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way. Make it as sure as you can. So that they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Now the first obstacle was a tangible stone. But the second obstacle is a person. Sometimes these go hand in hand. Sometimes your job is more important to you than God. Or it may be that your family is more important to you than God. Either way, the obstacle can be removed. And I, I know we've heard stories of how God can remove the alcohol and praise the Lord. And God can remove the drugs and praise the Lord. And God can remove uh, the addictions and praise the Lord. But whatever it is in your life, as small as it may seem or be, or as large as it may seem or be, is the power of God to remove these obstacles. It may be on a personal 
level. It may be someone that you're friends with that when you're with that person or when you're around that group that they don't always talk about the Lord. If there's any talk about the Lord, it's in a negative fashion. And it may be that you still love those people and you're still friends with those people. But it may be that in those moments of, of, of doubt and in those moments of, of pressure or what have you, that you lift the voice and talk about the Lord and encourage them with the things of God. They need Christ. They need to be saved. And it may be this morning that you struggle with sometimes talking to people about Jesus. Let God remove the tangible obstacles. Let Him remove the physical and even the personal obstacles. I know for me sometimes the hardest people to talk to about the Lord Jesus Christ could be family. Family members that don't know Christ. And there's that, that sensitive you know, subject. And, and, and yet there's a need. Whereas people talk about politics and, and not talking about politics because making enemies. There's the underlining issue of the Word of God. We have to stand for truth, whatever it may be, with family or whether it be politics, whether it be taking a stand here or there or saying, no, that's wrong, I'm not going to associate with it. Don't cow down, don't bow down to the things of the world, but take a stand and serve the Lord. This is a lesson that we find from the angel, removing the physical, removing the personal obstacles. And then third of all, removing, number three, the spiritual obstacles. The spiritual obstacles. If you will, look with me in verse number five of our text. The Bible says in verse five, And the angel answered and said unto the woman, The women, fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples word. Now, what's the spiritual obstacle? The spiritual obstacle that we're talking about is sometimes... The world zapping the joy from you. The world taking the excitement of serving Christ from you. And that joy of your salvation being no longer in your life. And, 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 and maybe it's played down. Or As the Bible says, Jesus said unto her, unto them, Go, to, go quickly. Tell the, the disciples. Tell them what? Number one, that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you. He's risen. He's going before you. And the Bible says that they did run. They departed quickly from the sepulcher with number one, fear. And number two, great joy. Reverence and respect and adoration and standing before God, bowing down before the King of kings and the Lord of lords and knowing that he is able to touch the entire globe with a virus. And yet, He loves each and every one of us. And all these things can be done for the glory of God, can be used in a positive way to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, they, they ran with fear, they ran with great joy, they did run to bring His disciples' word. The spiritual battle is that old man versus the new man. That 
sometimes debate or that argument or that frustration or that wall that the old man builds and he says, no, 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 you can't go there. No, 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 you can't serve the Lord there. But I encourage you this morning, my friends, I, I encourage you, serve the Lord in your life. Stay faithful to the things of God. Let this time be a time of great revival in your household. And pray with your, your family and lift the word of God up and sing godly songs and just fill the house once again with joy and excitement and fear. This is Easter. Someone said to me, Pastor, what are you going to do if they come and shut the church down? I said, I don't know, but I do know this. Today's Easter. And there's more things to be grateful for or talking about or excited about or, or, or our mind on than this being shut down. We serve a risen Savior. Amen? And uh, thank God for the power of the resurrection. The third group, we've got the women. We've got the angel. The third group is the Savior. And out of all three, no doubt there's definitely lessons to learn from the Savior. And I want to give you number uh, three things to think about, three lessons that we can learn from the Lord. Notice the Bible says in verse number 9, And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them. I want you to underline that in your Bible. Jesus met them. The first lesson that we see about Jesus is that Jesus showed up. Jesus showed up. What's the lesson here? The lesson is when you feel like no one cares, Jesus cares. When you feel like no one's there, Jesus is there. When you feel times of doubt and worry and fear, Jesus, he shows up. He's never left you nor forsaken you. Amen? He's there. And that's a wonderful lesson. There's power in that. There's assurance in that. There's comfort in that. There's hope in that. Jesus, he showed up. Jesus is there. Jesus met them. He didn't just show up, but he met them. A personal conversation. An intervention. A, uh, uh, a, a complete uh, renovation, if you will. The Lord showed up. You remember the day Jesus showed up in your life? Jesus changed your life. Jesus touched your life. He's always been there. But the day you got saved, wow, the power of God and how it changed your life completely and the joy that he brought to you, the excitement, Jesus appeared. Number two, the Bible also says in verse number nine, and as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worshiped him. The second thing that we see about the Lord, the second lesson, it's not so much a lesson from the Lord, but it's a lesson in which they did for the Lord. They adored Him. The Lord appears, but the Lord allows you to adore Him. Is He the focus of your life? Do you love Him? Do you love Him? Do you love Jesus more than yourself? Do you love Jesus more than... Your family, do you love Jesus? As we talked about this week, uh, in the, uh, this past week in the revival, do you love Jesus more than breathing? Wouldn't it, God, if we had such a desire to love the Lord in that way, in that fashion, and it was seen amongst us and, and, and heard amongst us and spoken about us, that we love the Lord so much that we'd rather love Him than, than breathe? Oh, to God, wouldn't that be wonderful? 
Jesus loves us. We love Him. Why? Because He first loved us. And they adored Him. They adored Him. Look over in Hebrews chapter 13 this morning. Hebrews chapter 13. And the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 down to verse 15. By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Continually. That is the fruit of our lips. Say it with me in your card. Giving thanks to His name. Are you rejoicing? Are you grateful? Are you thankful this morning? By Him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Is God the same God in the valley as He is on the mountains? We should praise Him. We should rejoice in Him. We should be grateful. In all things, give thanks. To rejoice in the Lord always. Amen? And, uh, amen. We got our honking amen in corner over there. <laughs> to give the Lord thanks. They adored Him. Here's the last lesson that we see with the Lord. Back in our text, he says in verse 9, And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid, go tell thy brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. The last lesson is that Jesus gave assurance. Jesus gave assurance. Jesus gave assurance. Do you ever doubt what God's doing in your life? Do you ever look at your life and say, why me? Why is this happening? Why couldn't you choose someone else to give this blessing to? You know? Why did this come in my life? Why did this happen to my family? Why did this happen to... To, to our church? Why did this happen to, to my friend? Do you ever sometimes think that? Well, let me just remind you that God knows what He's doing. God loves us and God cares about us and God wants the best in our life. And He has a specific plan. Just keep your eyes on the Lord. Trust Him through these things and know that He is able. God gives the assurance that we need. Jesus came to them and said, Be not afraid. Go tell thy brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Aren't you grateful this morning for the assurance of your salvation? Right. Someone said, how do you know you're saved, Pastor? Because the Bible tells me I am. Right. I know I'm saved because I believe in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. And we have these uh, words of assurance, don't we? And although the world could take away a building, not allow us to meet, and although the world, who knows, it could be, even in America, that freedoms of religion and liberty that we have could be taken away. Someday, I pray it's not, but someday it could. And yet, the truth is, they could never take away salvation. We're in Christ, amen? This morning, there's lessons from the, from the resurrection to look and to learn. And I pray that these things have been an encouragement to you. I pray that they've been a help to you. And so I want to say to my heart and yours, it's good to see you. I love you so much. I am so excited to see each of you here this morning.
And uh, please, let's just keep serving the Lord. Stay faithful. Do your part. We're praying for you guys in the hospital and medical field and praying for jobs and businesses. And we love our country and we, we want God to do something at Solid Rock Baptist Church. Miss Gleason, it is so good to see you. I am so grateful that you're better and doing well. And for those that aren't able to be here this morning, we love you. We're praying for you as well. Thank you so much for coming out, supporting the Lord. This is the Resurrection Sunday. Amen? Amen. And we thank God for it. Let's close in a word of prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we do love you. God, we are so grateful for your grace and your mercy. Lord, we're so grateful to be able to come and uh, present the gospel in this fashion. Lord, as I'm even praying, I can hear the sound of birds that are tweeting and and just doing what you've called them to do by nature, that you've created them to do. And Lord, we think about a spring as it's in the air. And uh, Lord, there's so many things to be excited about and rejoicing in. And most importantly, uh, today we, we take the time to, to just rejoice in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the hope that we have. And without, without the, the, the hope of the resurrection, there is nothing for the child of God. And Lord, we thank you that... Even though, as in the days of Paul, some were saying that there was no resurrection, we know that there is. And even in this day, as a lot of people would say no to the gospel and no to the truth of this book, Lord, we take hope, we side with it, we love you for it. God, thank you for what you've done in my life. Even as Mary Magdalene, God, you touched her and seven demons came out of her body. Lord, I think about the change that you've made in my life. The change at salvation and even the change after salvation. God, I'm a better man. I, 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 I know I'm walking more with the Lord today than 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And Lord, I thank you for the change that you've made in my life. Lord, you're so good to us. Help us to take these lessons that we've learned, apply them to our life. Lord, thank you for our church family and each one that's come. Bless them today. God, may today be a special day that we can look back and, and just remember and praise you for your goodness and your grace and your glory. We love you and we praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. God bless. We'll shake your hands from a distance.